Welcome to part two of Health System CIO's interview with Mike Hart, VP of IT at Arkansas Children's. In this segment, Hart talks about why he believes using a big bang approach to EHR implementation can actually increase engagement, how he's been able to leverage his experience in software development, particularly during the go-live, and the critical role CNIOs play in bridging the gap between clinical and IT. As much as 80% of patient information is unstructured and stored outside of an EMR, Highland Healthcare helps complete the patient record by consolidating and connecting this unstructured content to core clinical systems. With a full suite of content services and enterprise imaging solutions, Highland gives clinicians a single view of all documents and medical images associated with the patient via the EMR, enabling more informed health decisions and improving patient outcomes. Highland Healthcare. See your whole patient. Visit highlandhealthcare.com to learn more. And in terms of EPIC, were any of the uh, plans or initiatives for this year, anything in either implementing different aspects of EPIC or any upgrades? We're on uh, the latest version of EPIC. So uh, in terms of that, we only went live with EPIC two and a half years ago. And, you know, we're on their quarterly updates and so forth. We're trying to stay as current as possible. So, and we implemented every module that they offer. Uh, so there, there's not a whole lot. I think the only thing we haven't implemented yet is the genomics module. And, and we are trying to move forward with that project soon. Okay. Okay. So then you were in your role now when the EPIC rollout occurred. Yes, I was. I helped lead that initiative. Uh, EPIC has a, they come in with this pretty uh, template of here's how the project works and here's, here's all the roles you have to fill. And one of those was the executive director over the project. And that's, that's the role I served in. Okay. And was it uh, a big bang implementation? It was. It was. Okay. Uh, we built that second hospital at the same time as we were building the EPIC project. And then when we went live, we went live in both hospitals and all 80 clinics at the same time. Okay. As I can tell from speaking with, with others, there are pros and cons of doing it either way. But looking back now, would you have done it the same way again? Yeah, I absolutely would have. I have a little bit of a different background. Um, so I had some software development background in my history. And um, I actually had the privilege to hire some very talented software developers. And having been in the industry, working in healthcare and so forth for a while, we had some very robust conversations around what the best approach was. And uh, long story short, uh, the Big Bang approach came out on top of our decision on how to do that and do it well. And uh, we worked with a couple of consulting firms uh, to get their input. And then we've got some sister organizations, you know, local organizations that we've worked with also uh, that we're, we've been connected to and, and that went before us in terms of their EPIC projects. And uh, we were able to use all of that knowledge to decide that uh, this is how we're going to do it. And I will say that kudos to my team and uh, the leadership that is under me is they did an outstanding job. We got several accolades from local hospital representatives, a couple of out-of-state hospitals that sent people here to, to be part of our Go Live, and then some consulting firms that they had been part of other organizations' Go Lives, and ours was the best they'd ever seen. Uh, so oh, wow. I definitely would do it again, but I think it really had to do with my team. And the organization as a whole was so behind 
the, the change to the EPIC system. Uh, we had so much involvement from all of the departments across the organization that that teamwork and commitment throughout the entirety of our project is really what made it successful. I think if we had done it piecemeal, uh, it would have been much messier and uh, a lot more dissatisfaction in hearing about areas that were up and other people that weren't up, and it would just been very disjointed. But everybody was so engaged and excited. It, it made the build come out in a stellar fashion. And then when everybody was able to get on it and cheer at the same time, it just made it you know that much better. Yeah, sure. I, I can imagine. And for you having that a background in software development, that I'm sure gives uh, an interesting perspective. Yeah. Epic's a great platform. They, they're a tremendous company. They're doing great work. They've got a ton of resources at their disposal. You know, I think they've got over 10,000 employees that help to organize everything they do and, uh, and they do it very well. So, you know, I think from a company perspective, you know, they're really top notch and what they bring to the table is certainly uh, makes it easier for us. But uh, having that software development background, uh, you know, it enables me to understand the technology things better than the average person in a healthcare organization. But it also makes me appreciate more, you know, when I do see good work like what Epic brings to the table. Yeah, sure. And you've been with the organization for about six, seven years? Well, as a VP, prior to that, I was the chief nursing information officer at the same organization. So total about 12 years. Okay. And um, as far as, as that experience being the CNIO, how does that impact your, your leadership style having been in that position? Yeah, good question. You know, I think leadership for me is something that you evolve over time. If you're going to be a good leader or try to be a good leader, you really have to have a learning mindset. In my opinion, it greatly helps to have a, uh, a teamwork mindset with the idea that it's not your opinion that matters. It's the opinion of the team and the experience of the many people that have something to contribute. So a great deal of inclusivity and opportunity for diversity and inclusion of, you know, the various ways people think. I would say having come up as a nurse at the bedside and working in the nursing realm uh, for many years, both as a nurse at the bedside, uh, but also under the nursing umbrella in the leadership role, like the chief nursing information officer, you appreciate the work they do. You understand the workflow and the commitment and the pains and struggles that, you know, those jobs involve. But at the same time, I would say you begin to understand that um, as you're growing up through working at the bedside to taking a leadership role, that you really have to be very inclusive of other people to get a full picture of what you're dealing with and possible solutions. Uh, so for me, early in my career, I was under this idea that you had leaders and leaders told you what to do and then you go out and do it and you do really well at whatever they tell you and then you get promotions and so forth. That was kind of my immature mindset early on. But over the, the decades as time went by, you begin to re realize that there's really another philosophy that leaders are experienced and have great input. But if they're really going to be good, their job's not to tell us what to do. Their job is to push the decision-making to where the information lives. And the information <laughs> lives with the people doing the work. And when you do that and you, those leaders are treating the people doing the work like they're leaders, 
and they're asking them to help make decisions and be accountable and drive initiatives and, and give feedback on what they think should be done, then you begin to start to reach new levels of quality. And it also helps to drive uh, that engagement where they feel like, you know, they're part of this because they are. They're part of the decision-making. They're part of the setting the strategic vision. They're helping to uh, drive all of this in a meaningful way, and it makes them happier as employees because they feel like they have some ownership. So the leader-leader model is what really, to me, is over the last many years has driven my philosophy on how I need to be as a leader is really help to educate and guide people in their ability to be leaders um, and, and give them some ownership and decision-making authority so that they can drive things to be performed at a higher level of engagement from them as employees, uh, producing better quality and safety and outcomes and so forth. So, so that's kind of over the years how, how my philosophy has changed. Right. Right. And for a lot of IT leaders, they don't necessarily have that experience, especially, you know, at the bedside. So, Mm-hmm. Would you say that one of the things you would, you would advise is to really make sure that that ownership is there? Oh, absolutely. I've been on both sides of that spectrum where hearing and seeing technical people that don't get the impact to the clinicians or to the families, and also on the clinical side where they don't understand the technical nuances that it takes in order to produce something that they're asking for. So both sides have historically had this naturally, and it's not anybody's fault. It's a natural progression of if you're only working in one of those two spheres, you don't really understand the other sphere very well. And that's Mm -hmm. a natural thing to happen, but it's also self-limiting because you may be asking for something that either has tremendous impact you're not fully aware of, and if you were, then you probably wouldn't be making that recommendation or you're asking for something that's not really possible. Anytime that happens, that lack of understanding of the other sphere, what you end up with is people with false expectations on what should happen. And then you get a lot of finger pointing, blame, anger, you know, and all the things that pour out of that. So a role like mine, that the CNIO, that having mm-hmm. worked at both spheres and the many roles that exist like this today in, in most organizations, you know, one of the key jobs of our positions is to help bridge that gap so that the two spheres can understand each other better. And it's a difficult role to fill because, you know, timelines can be very rushed, you know, and it's hard to educate and communicate effectively when you have very short timelines and and so forth. So I would say the clinical informatics roles, be it an IT person that has clinical background or a clinical person that's now working in an IT role, the job is really to bridge that gap of lack of knowledge for both sides. And uh, for me, uh, I have about 25 nurses that report to me under the IT umbrella, and it's important for them to be very intimately involved in in rounding, uh, meeting with clinicians on a regular basis, understanding how they operate, the nuances that they're dealing with today, not what they dealt with 10 years ago when we worked in the clinical environment, but to keep that connection to the clinical side, because you you do have to bridge that gap and do it well so that both sides can have appropriate expectations and therefore get more satisfaction out of what work is being done. Right. You sometimes can get the impression that 
nurses can come off a certain way. And if you're in that shoes, you understand really that there's such a passion for patient care. And oh, I'm sure it must be really helpful to other leaders on your staff as well, though, just to get that perspective and understand where they're coming from. Yes, absolutely. It, it definitely does. The, the ability to be empathetic is much better than um, the typical, you know, generalized sympathy. So, <laughs> yeah. So very, very important to have that. Yeah. Okay. The last thing I wanted to ask about was in coming to this organization, you had had obviously healthcare experience, but had you been in pediatrics before? And if, if not, what was it that appealed to you about this role? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, that was a few years ago. I was working at the Central Arkansas VA Hospital. I was working as the director over their informatics program and uh, had done that for a few years there. Uh, I had not worked in pediatrics as a job. I had worked in Arkansas Children's uh, when I was in nursing school. I had done a rotation through Arkansas Children's. So I had the familiarity with the organization and obviously uh, pediatrics is a lot different than adult-based organizations. They all have their uh, pros and cons in every organization does. Uh, the pediatric organization, in particular Children's Hospital, I would say is very passionate about its mission and, and the people are extraordinarily caring uh, and about people in general. Uh, they're just good, intelligent, hardworking people that uh, really love what they do and there's a lot of longevity here in that regard it's it's one of the best organizations i've ever worked for so uh, it's been a great experience uh, from a technical perspective uh, you're dealing with a lot of the same nuances you deal with in healthcare in general uh, but then you get into you know the pediatric specific things like weight-based dosing and you know what that means to order sets and th those kind of nuances and of course, we're primarily Medicaid, so that brings in a bigger focus on how, how to do that well for the Medicaid standards and, and those kinds of things. All right. This has been really great. I'm, I'm so glad that uh, we were able to connect, and I appreciate it. Thanks so much for your time, and uh, I hope we can speak again. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I, I enjoyed it, Kate. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, Visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.